Attention, attention. Welcome to the Million Dollar Filipino Freelancer Podcast, where we break the myth that Pinoy contractors mean cheap rates. Just like when we realized that aswangs, undins, and kinakasan na tikbalang are all just fiction. There will be a select type of Filipino freelancers who will one day represent world-class results for our clients. Hosted by Neil Reichel, a Pinoy freelancer, agency owner, and entrepreneur who has seen it again and again that charging what you're worth is not about your race or heritage. It's all about the value you deliver and finding out what our clients really need. This is not for you if pabebe ka, nana feeling small, and pa-victim ka. If you want to know the working strategies on how not to be purita and position yourself during conversations where you don't need to explain what you charge, then we invite you to subscribe and watch out for our weekly episodes. Follow Neil Reichel on Facebook and Instagram. Always remember, being purita is a choice, but only if you don't make business sense. Oh, let's start. Let's go. Welcome to the Million Dollar Filipino Freelancer Podcast. This is Neil Reichel. And this is a very special one because this is the first time that we're doing an in-person interview. And before we introduce our guest, syempre, bit of background muna. A bit of background. These are the people who are the craziest people who would ever <laughs> price a pie this much. <laughs> Trivia, even Sam YG went here. Trivia again, they also had to wait for the wait list. They had to be on the wait list for a good number of time. More than a year, yan, just to get this outrageous pie. Okay. So, we'll learn a lot from them. Pricing-wise, imposter syndrome, labeling a pie, those other things, and everything else. So, the geniuses behind Hey Pie People, let's welcome Rian and Colin. Hi, Bashers! Hi! Nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you, thank you. So, First question, what gave you the guts to price a pie between this amount? I, I could say the price is around 2500 The most expensive pie that I remember ordering from you guys is 5000 plus pesos. What? Really? Oh my gosh, sorry. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. why is this pie so expensive? Where did you get the guts? Where did you get the confidence? I think, I think I've felt like we don't have anything to lose. I was making every single thing by myself, by hand. If if it there wasn't a market for that for that price, then I don't have to make it, you know. So I I didn't I don't have any I didn't have any strategy. <laughs> that was it, the honestly, strategy. <laughs> I didn't have any strategy. Um I had a lot of support from my husband. My husband said when we were deciding whether or not we were going to start selling because we were making for friends and family, but when we were going to actually start selling it to people, he said, just price it according to what you feel like will make it worth it for you. At that time, I had three small kids. Mm -hmm. He said, price it according to, you know, what's going to keep you up at night to finish them? What's going to get you to wake up in the morning and, you know, not spend those that, you know, 60 minutes while the pie is baking and you're babysitting the pie, not with our kids. Yes. And I was like, that's why I put a, a hard limit on how the number I made every day 
the -hmm. number I made and we would just do them on the weekends or we would do them, you know, one or two days a week. And I also, you know, priced it according to what would make it feel worth it for me. I think this is a big dilemma for a lot of freelancers, pricing what their worth is. Did you start off with this price that we see right now or did you start off with a like a minimum viable product first? Oh my gosh, no, I never use those words. Never <laughs> use those words. I know exactly. I know exactly what an MVP is, yes. Neil. But no, because I you never guys are use from it that the way. Tech world, right? No, oh. I never use it that way. And it's funny, I actually still never use it that way now when we are talking about the pies like yeah, when we came from tech and we were doing freelance, I said mm. we were like, okay, well what's the MVP? What's the MVP? Every Day it was like, what's the very minimum? Mm-mm. Nowadays, actually, when you frame it in those terms, I'm like, what's going to blow your mind? It's not what's minimum anymore at all. Mm. It's what is over the top. How many more cherries can I stuff into this pie? Okay, that's a lot of bourbon. How much more can I put? Oh, can we use the extra good stuff? Can we make sure that we use the extra, extra good stuff? I was like, oh, that bourbon, it tastes a little, mm, I don't know. We're going to use the more expensive one. Like, Nowadays, I feel like I'm in it to go big. You know, I want whatever it is that you have one biteful, one mouthful to be like, that's the best pie I've ever had. You can't MVP, you can't minimum. That's not, there's no minimum viable product there. I see. I it's see. not the what's the minimum. It's like, what are people willing to spend and what's the minimum I can do? It's like how I want to make it. So it's actually the better maximum. question is the maximum viable product. How what? much more can I stuff into this pie? <laughs> how much better can I make it? Like, you know, how, you know, it, it's like that. Okay. The story of the first pie. Mm. Tell us. So you made your first pie. Was it for free? Was it something that you sold? Was it priced already at this price? Really, the first pies were, I, I mean, not for sale at all. The first pies is when we left the States. Okay. We left the States. And I got, and I was, the reason we left the States is because I was really looking for home. Okay. I wanted to come back to the Philippines. Even though I, I grew up, I was born and raised in the States. I only came here for holidays, for Christmas and for summers. The year after we got married, I said to my husband, I just need to be home. We still call it home. But yes. Mayans, we still, we, all yes. of us still call it home. Even though we're only here for a month out of the year or, or less. And I re- I was yearning. Like there was something in my heart that just felt like I need to be in the Philippines. I couldn't imagine having a family, having kids. And I just didn't want to be alone anymore in the States. I felt alone. We left the States and I was like, I'm going to feel whole. It's going to be amazing. I'll be able to eat balabok whenever I want. I can just have to run just like the guy just outside. I can just get it. I don't have to like go buy the plantain and then wait for it to ripen and then wrap it in the leaf and fry it myself. You know, like I was like, it's going to feel great. I'm going to feel whole. Then when we got here, I actually missed some things that I wasn't expecting. And then I started making pies like because it didn't maybe it didn't feel quite as complete Mm -hmm. as I thought it would. Mm -hmm. Then we spent two years uh, living in Brazil Mm -hmm. and Thanksgiving came around and I felt lonely again. And I started making pumpkin pie. I was like really after this pumpkin pie there's a different story about the pumpkin pie but the the at that time it was because I was feeling homesick and I wanted to make something that felt like Thanksgiving which is something that we celebrated in the states so anyway the first pies I think were an unexpected homesickness for the states okay which I really was not expecting to feel that's kind of what inspired them okay so you started making the pies sharing it with families and friends how did you eventually start saying wait 
I can start selling this spice. Oh, I didn't. I, I said for the longest time, like I told you, I said for the longest time, I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm not going to sell them. I'm not going to sell them. At the very beginning, actually, I was like, it was neighbors. It was pandemic. And I was like, I don't sell it. I don't take money. We can trade. We can do a trade for something. People brought, started bringing me wine. They started hey, bringing me. in the Philippines. You know, yeah, here in okay. the village. Because okay. it was during the pandemic too. And then I, at first I was giving them away to people. It was like, you know, I would bake, we baked sourdough. Mm. We started making kombucha. We oh, yes. started doing all those things. I, at first I was like, I don't like it. I don't like the feeling of taking money okay. for this. So at first it was just all trade. Then we started getting ulam. We started getting lechon. <laughs> people would send me. In exchange me. for the pies. Yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, it, and it was referral only. I mm-hmm. told you that. At first, I didn't like the idea of having to sell yes. this thing that I mostly just wanted to experiment with. I didn't like the idea of someone ordering a certain flavor. Oh. Because I was like, I'm making it in my free time. If I feel like using these apples, I'll use these apples. If I feel like using the peaches and they're ripe enough, I'll use the peaches. But I don't want you to say, I want this kind on this day. And it was too constricting for me. It's like I'm not taking orders. Yeah, I'm I wasn't making pies, and you yes. have the option to buy it or yeah. you don't buy it. Basically. That's it. Mm-hmm. I actually still kind of feel that way. Have you ever thought about <laughs> imposter syndrome? <laughs> oh, for sure. I think you know maybe some of that. You know, where's the line between drawing really strong, healthy boundaries and also, you know, not going full force into the into starting a business because you're afraid that you can't. Yes. You know, I don't think of myself as a business person, so mm-hmm. someone who owns a food business, you know, it was just something I started doing. It's even hard to say the words. It makes me feel uncomfortable. So if you introduce yourself, Rian, so what is it that you do? The first things that come to mind, would you Panic. say? <laughs> it's weird to explain. It's hard to explain to people. I don't know. I first say things like we live in the Philippines. I mm-hmm. say things like we live in Alabang. Mm-mm. Sometimes someone will say, are you hey people? <laughs> and I'll say, oh yeah, we are. I know. I don't. I don't introduce myself that way. Bit of context. A lot of our listeners, they're super scared of increasing their prices. And you yourself, you've been from the tech world. You've been designing websites. You've been creating apps, right? And I think a lot of that information, a lot of that knowledge and experience, you've now transferred here to making pies. And now one big lesson that I've learned right now is taking off the word minimum viable product, right? Mm. And then going over the top instead, maximum. But my question to you is that, have you ever experienced getting the hate out of the prices that you set for your pies? Absolutely. People, people hated it and they were hard to get. So they were expensive and they were hard to get. And, and, and I think especially here in the, the Philippines, although anywhere, you're not used to feeling that way about a food product. Yes. Or about a food seller. Yes. Especially someone who's be making this food out of their home. Mm-mm. Here, there's a lot of home-based food businesses. A lot. A lot of us feel like here in the Philippines that we can customize anything. You, we do feel that way in general about anything. You can have anything embroidered on any product. You can have any sticker put on any anything. Like there's grab it the things that you can have done here. Mm-mm. In the end, when you, when it comes down to it, why do we feel entitled to all those things? Because labor is cheap. Yes. Why is labor cheap? We're un, we're devaluing and undervaluing and and all of the labor of all these people who are doing this stuff for you by hand. My God, the meticulousness in the hand embroidering these things or etching the glass or the, you know, in in the end. Making the pie. Making the pies by hand. So, I mean, when it comes to pricing and pricing your own labor. Yes. I think the most important thing is to remember how much value you have and value yourself accordingly. 
That's what I would probably tell someone who was feeling Was this nervous. the same case when you were in the tech world? When mm. you were creating websites, designing websites, creating all those apps, did you have the same principles also as well? Yeah, for sure. And I definitely carried that into making pies. I think the other way to, to think about it is, is a product is not a product without a price. I think. Oh my God, I just made that up. Sorry. <laughs> a product is a product. It's not. It's a thing. Uh, it's not a product without a price. Yeah. Yeah. A, a pie isn't the pie is not the product. The product is the pie for this price. That's the whole product has a price. The product is not the the website of collection of folders on your laptop or yeah. on a server somewhere. It's a service, right? And what I'm performing when I make a pie is a service. Yes. Also. And you can't basically like if you're trying to find what I would do when you're, when you're thinking about pricing, I'm not trying to make money. I'm trying to, if you're trying to find a market for mm -hmm. your product, you'll never find a market for that product without ex playing with price, experimenting with price. So if you want to find a product market fit. Yes. That is a term that we do use and we have, and I do talk about that a lot more than MVP. If you want to find a fit, you need to find a fit for a product at a price. Anyone can find a fit for a free product, or maybe yes. you can find a fit for a cheap product, but yes. can you find a product for your certain price? And you have to, to play with that. And then once you find that, the demand will be astronomical. It, it'll feel hard to meet the demand. So it shouldn't feel like, oh, like, like a struggle, mm -mm. the pricing. Once you find a, a fit, everyone will want you. Everyone will, you'll feel overwhelmed with having to perform this service or give this product to the people because there's so many people who want it once you find the fit. But here's the tough one. So now that we understand how you come around with pricing, the next question is, aren't you ever scared that people are going to say it's not even worth it? Whether it was your services back then for your apps, your websites, or now with your pies. Oh, good question. Yeah, but that's where the bonga comes from. That's the fun. That's I mean, that's fun. where the kaba comes in, right? Oh, wait, oh I'm gosh. sorry. What does that mean? Kaba, like nervousness. <laughs> like, okay. all, the, all the jittery feelings, right? Mm. Oh my gosh, they're going to say that this is the worst pie ever. It's too mm. expensive. Like the anxiety or the, the anxiety. Yeah. Mm. Were you worried about that? I mean, I think my job, I am worried. It is scary. Mm -hmm. But my job is to blow your mind. Yeah. That's why I love this. I love what I do. Like when we were making websites, the best it could be is not broken. Mm -hmm. The best it could be is is it has a small number of bugs. Every website will have bugs. Every yes. website will have problems and things that you need to fix. There's going to be multiple iterations. With a pie, I get one chance to blow your mind. True. Yeah. It's the it's the stage fright, but yeah. it's, you got to go for it, and that's why. And I go for it hard. Like if it's dis, I think that's the other thing with pricing myself this way and being at the top of my game, being the people that I feel like people look to when mm -hmm. you're looking for a pie that's going to impress someone yes they come to me first and if you're going to come to me and you're going to send a car all the way to alabang to pick it up from my house go through the hoops of filling out the form pay this price send, and it's a car not a motorcycle because i don't allow motorcycles stay on the wait list for a good number stay of on the time. wait list yeah. for a year yeah. it better be good and so it's my job to make it really good if it's disappointing in any way i replace it no questions I've replaced things for... And you were ready for it. Oh, yeah. Just in case that it would happen. Yeah. I don't even think like, oh, what's the cost of replacing this thing? Can I really like make them another one? No. Like the feeling of having disappointed someone, if there's any problem, no matter how small. Yes. If it was late. I've, I felt so bad before the her driver was waiting outside. It was late. Like 
15 minutes late or 20 minutes late. I was expecting the oven to be faster. All of my batches were running late. She was running to a lunch. I sent her three because <laughs> I was like, I don't want you to feel like you waited so long for this pie. Then you were on the wait list for this long and you brought it to a lunch and then, then it just shows up this one pie that's 30 minutes late. And then you're like, oh, that's it. I was like, here, I made these other ones. Um, please take them with you. <laughs> I hope you enjoy them. She was Wait, like, wow. You worried about your margins. Getting no. Hurt. The feeling is so much more important than the margins on that one. The cost of it was the cost of goods and my stress that I put into making the extra ones yeah. for her. You know? And the cost of my goods is nothing compared to how excited they were yes. when their driver showed up with triple the number of pies that they ordered. How did you I love know that, Joy. that you? Yeah, I mean, over delivering is a rarity nowadays. And then when people see that you're over delivering, they start spreading the word about you. However, taking a few steps back, how do you even know that you've really over delivered? Not just for that incident. That incident could, I mean, that could be, let's say, chamba. Easy one. It's mm. easy to just give like three or mm. whatever because it's one slate, right? But over delivering, how do you know that you've really made it, given it your best, given it like over the top like, for that pie, for each pie that you make? I have a relationship also with my customers that I feel really lucky to have at this scale and at this digital age where people doesn't don't come into my shop and see me in person and we have a conversation they they talk to me online so we've been mutual we've been online friends for for months or something and then they come to my house and see me in person and see my kids and visit my it's my home it's yes. my house you know like it's you're you a, it's a yeah. person yeah and you're when you come and pick up a pie you're a guest in my home you yeah. came to visit me so I come out and I like I have to meet you. You came all the way to my house. I'm not going to just, you know, be in here while somebody else gives, you know. So I think I have a relationship where I get where I get to know them. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying I do this all the time because I'm also busy. But when I can, I do what I can. First hand witness. Yeah. To take care of you and to make sure it's really good in small ways like making extra in other small ways like just following up and saying oh how was your happy anniversary how was your anniversary was it good like did they like it how were your I've sent pies to uh the very first time that they met as the parents as boyfriend and girlfriend mm. she brought a pie to her future in-laws and yeah. they got engaged I was like how did it go meeting the in-laws I mean I think what did your mother-in-law say oh she said that she really liked this and it was not too sweet and she really likes cardamom my mother-in-law really loves, or, you know, not the mother-in-law yet. Yeah. She really loves cardamom. And then the next time there's a cardamom pie and she orders it and you remember that, oh, that's some, that's something that you're, that she really likes. Are you going to bring it to her? I think there's just ways in which you take care of people. It's not just over delivering. It's like, it's forming real relationships. And I think I formed a lot of real relationships with neighbors and friends and co-parents that are, that are based in truth. Yeah. True. You know what I mean? And just remembering, I feel like is, is one way of over-delivering and not counting. At mm. some point I stopped counting. It's just the, it's the feelings that make, that make me do what I do anyway. You know what I mean? Not the margins. Yes. Another story is like, somebody told me her husband, he tried the pie for the first time. This wasn't even that long ago. He had a memory of a cookie chocolate chip cookie pie okay. that he had in Canada somewhere. He spent a lot, he grew up in Canada, went to grade school 
in Canada and had a chocolate chip pie. And I was, I've never heard of that. I was like, a chocolate chip pie. It's definitely not something I would not really make, but it sounds really homey. And he sent, she sent me a video of her husband talking about the chocolate because he just wanted to tell me about it. Yes. And I was like really interested. I was, I've never heard of this. I was like, what kind of chocolate chips were it? Was it dark chocolate? Was it milk chocolate? Was it like a cookie? And she was like, no, it was more like fudgy. Then they sent me a picture, a peg of it. And I was like so interested about it. And I loved his enthusiasm for this pie. I made one in the middle of the night and I sent it to him the next day. Mm. And the reaction was? I think he cried. <laughs> because all the memories, right? Going, yeah, oh, it's so special. I think you're not, not selling the pies. You're selling experiences. They didn't ask me for that. You know what I mean? And they wouldn't. They were like, oh, we're, we're so here. Uh -oh. they, and then they sent me this like huge balloon thing for the kids to say thank <laughs> you. And I was, and that's the, there's no charge for that. I wasn't like, would you like to commission me to make this chocolate mm -hmm. chip pie from your husband's childhood? It's so much more fun to surprise someone with it. You know? Me being the party pooper, okay, <laughs> with all of this. I think a lot of our listeners would say, that's easy for you to do, Rian, because... You're not desperate for money. Mm. That's easy for you to decide on because you'd say you're well off or you're not requiring your pie making to make money. Mm. What can you say about that? From a freelance, if I was going to apply this and go back to freelance, what I would do is pad my projects so well that you don't have that pressure to deliver within the hours that you've allotted for each deliverable. Details, please. Specifics. Okay. When we were used to do freelance, we mostly worked for... Oh, well, it wasn't freelance. It was... We had a firm. Yes. It was basically a firm. We had, we had contracts. Agency. Yeah, felt, the big, yeah, yeah, we were an agency. My husband's agency. I came in as the, like, project manager, biz dev person. I was also a designer. I was actually mostly in charge of pricing. Okay. He was the back end, and I was the one having client-facing meetings, talking to them about their deliverables. We would uh, spec a project someone we would look at we would ask them i would always get to the what's the value what's the value of this app for your business mm -mm. oh this is going to be the main revenue generating uh service or platform you need this app in order for your organization to continue to run that is very critical yes this thing that i'm this thing that i'm performing for you is very mission critical for your organization it should be priced accordingly so pricing it according to the value, not according to the, it's going to be this many screens, this many drafts. Yes. It has this kind of functionality that's about this this core plus this many modules. It'll take us this many hours. We priced it according to the value that it had to the client. That value is determined more by the client's own budget than it is by your prices. Mm -hmm. True. So you ask them in the beginning, you find out from your client, what's their operating budget? Yes. What are the top people in their organization paid? How much do they make? I, I think that those are, that's how I used to approach it. But weren't you scared of not getting the deal mm -hmm. when pricing those projects? Yeah, but if you don't get that deal, that's more time to get another one oh, that is a better okay. fit for you. I think that's a better view of how things, when you're talking about pricing, and then bringing it back to the pies, right? I think one unique angle also when it comes to marketing is that people get so curious, why are this buy so expensive? Just like when a service is so expensive, they start to become more curious about it and they start to ask, right? Was it done on purpose that you price a pie so high? Yeah. It I mean, it was, uh, and also we had no strategy. 
But which is now the effective strategy, right? Yeah. It was on purpose because my husband really looked at me and he asked me if we're actually going to start doing this and we're going to be selling pies out of the house. And he was still doing tech work. So at night he was like programming while I was rolling out dough. He's like, what's going to make it worth it for you to spend that time making these pies for other people mm -hmm. and not making dinner for us at home <laughs> or not spending time with the kids or, you know, missing a school pickup? I didn't miss a school pickup for the first whole year for pie because I said I'm not going to do it. You know, what's going to make it worth it for you? I agree. But it's a tough question to ask ourselves, right? What is the price going to be worth to us? But I think at one point in our lives, we should really be asking it. Otherwise, we'll lose so much time. Yes. Right? And you don't get that back. You don't get that back. You can't buy it from someone else, right? Speaking of marketing, let's go to marketing. And you said you're not a marketing person, which I doubt. <laughs> I didn't okay. study it at all. I have no idea. Why the wait list? I had too many orders and I didn't know what to do with them. And they were just DM me. People would just message me and my inbox was so backed up. The only thing I could do was say, you could fill this out. And if I happen to be able to add more slots or add another day or something, then I'll just pull you from the waitlist. But at some point, my waitlist was so long, nobody ever got off of it. Yeah. You know, when we started making more, then we started being able to pull people off more regularly. Okay. You know, and the other thing I would do is I would plan my weeks with lots of time off, mm -hmm. like just to protect my time. Yes. So I would plan my weeks with like maybe 50% okay. actual capacity. And then so once we started being able to make more, open up a wait list and then say, OK, if the first half of this week goes well, I'll double the number of batches for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then I was pulling people off the wait list. And that was so fun. I think what we're getting at right now from this interview is that what you've actually done is this isn't just a lesson about pricing, but it's also a lesson about designing your life. Mm. Right. And then making hard, the hard decisions. So all the other decisions come easier. Yeah. And one of that angles would be the pricing. That one of those angles would be, okay, do I decide to make a waitlist or not? Another question, going back to imposter. Pies are so expensive. The pies so, look so beautiful, but you didn't mind just having a very basic Google form. You guys are the tech world. <laughs> We're you in build the tech websites. world. Yes. <laughs> right? But you just yeah. put a plain Google form yeah. there. <laughs> didn't that scare you? Now, oh my gosh, you claim to be... The best, and now you don't even have a website to intake the form. I don't have time to make a website. I got out of tech on yeah. purpose. Why make a form? Google makes a form. Google has so much more money to make a form than me. They make such better forms than I could ever make by hand. I mean, seriously, we didn't have time for that. Like, we, okay, it works perfectly well. All I need is a, a name and an Instagram handle, mm -hmm. and the day you want it. Okay, fine. Accepted. There's nothing that does that better than Google. Okay. I used to make my clients use Google Forms for things. Oh. Rather than building them a custom form, I'd say, why don't you just put a link to a Google Doc? And what did they say? Okay. And then we cut that part of their budget and used it for something else. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Next part. Okay. <laughs> Being in the tech world is glamorous. There's no denying about it. Right? Didn't you ever wonder or get worried about parents, your mom, your dad, family saying, you know what, Rian? You know what, Colin? You guys are crazy. That's, I think, the word bleep for the kids. It would be a stupid move for you mm -hmm. to just become pie makers. Mm -hmm. 
right? Didn't that scare you? But I never had any intention of being a pie maker. So I never had that conversation. My dad and I were on the same page. I was bringing him pies on Sundays. We would eat it together. My dad's in the food business. He would say, oh, this is really good. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I should like, you know, he knew I was making it for friends and family. He's like, don't get into the food business. Don't do it. Make it for friends and family. He's in the food business. Yes. I was like, oh, yeah, totally, dad. There's no way. I was like, oh, no way. I'm not going to do this full time. This is just a hobby. Don't worry. I'm not planning on it. And then we stopped doing our tech work. We stopped working for our clients. After it was already just like way too many pies, like so many pies. Did you tell them that the reason why you're stopping the tech work is because? Oh, my God, we did. We had a conversation with my client, our client, our long term client that we'd been working with for eight or nine years. I said, I'm so sorry. We have to stop. We're midway through a three year contract. A very, very, very nice three year contract. We were about a year and a half. And we're like, we just can't. What did the client say? I have like 500 people on the wait list waiting for me to make a chocolate pie. I have to do something. I have Mm -hmm. to try harder. Like I wanted so much to give everyone, to let everyone taste it. So I was working my way to increasing our volume. Mm -hmm. We found a way to do it if the two of us worked full time on it together. I told him like we made this thing and it's starting to take off and we just have to see where it goes. They're they're really cool people. They're in the theater world. So I feel like they understand the creative process. They're really understanding. We did a whole we helped them find a new agency. Mm -hmm. Yes. We did a whole like thing with them. We did a whole handoff. That whole thing was, you know, almost nine months Mm -hmm. of process. And then I think that would be one of their funniest stories that they could share <laughs> with all the other people in the tech world. That's, you know what? We had one supplier. They were really great, but they just gave us up for pies. <laughs> I see people, you know, surprisingly, though, because in the Bay Area, I mean, that's part of why we left, too. It's really intense mm-hmm. there in tech and in, especially in with funding and startups. And I mean, we were doing agency stuff. So we were working with organizations that had budgets already but just the feeling around it is really intense and we didn't really we weren't really into being part of that anyway Pep, wala ka pa website? Huwag ka nang gumaya sa akin. Tumanda ng ganito katanda ng walang website. Narealize ko kung dati ko pa ginawa na meron akong website na matino. Sana mas higit pa ang narating ko. But, problema ko nun, wala akong makitang matinong makagawa ng website na based dun sa naiintindihan ko at gusto kong mangyari. And syempre, dun sa budget na kaya ko. At dahil yan mismo problema ko, we created Webigogo. Webigogo will create your website in as fast as 7 days. Alam mo, wala pa nga umabot ng 7 days. As long as kompleto na lahat and for a very low flat fee. Sagot na namin hosting mo. Sagot na namin domain mo. Sagot na namin design mo. Sagot na namin copy mo. Yung kaneknikan mo, yung inartihan mo na lang, ititira mo para hindi ka magkaroon ng website. So kung gusto mo magkaroon ng website, click the link in the description, go to Webigogo, and make sure na may website ka na kasi ibang level kapag may website. I promise you. Oh, good timing. Perfect. Hi, Colin. Hello. Okay, first question for you guys. Okay. I bet you guys entered the agency world because you guys wanted to make money. Oh, no. No? Oh, Seriously? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Was it Colin who started the agency? Yes. Okay. What was the reason for starting the agency? So at the time, I was doing, I was freelancing. Yes. Uh, graphic design. Okay. You started off with graphic mm, design. Okay. Doing magazines, actually. Okay. So I was doing freelance, 
It was 2007. Okay. Every magazine in the world was folding, was okay. going out of business. Every magazine he worked with. Every magazine right I worked with. Right before 2008. Yeah, it was, it was uh, yeah, like in the middle of that yes. financial collapse. Yes. All of the magazines were going out of business. So I started working with some friends who were web developers yes. that needed design. And I'd never done the web work before. They had so much work and they were desperate for design. So we started working together, mostly because we were tired of being alone, working in our rooms arguing with clients, <laughs> arguing over budget. Yes. He didn't start the agency with like dreams or aspirations of being like this big, huge agency. Yeah. Most of our yeah. clients were nonprofits. We okay. then started working for museums. Like yeah, I saw who... the one in San Diego. Yeah, that was mm. the mm-hmm. museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aquari- the co- aquarium, you know, Water like, yeah, educational organizations, yeah. nonprofits. I feel like a lot of it was, it was, we were... I started freelancing because I love design. Yes. Right. I, I love graphics. I love design. And then I started loving programming and getting into that. But I didn't like negotiating contracts, sales. Yeah. I was terrible at sales, you know. And then also we were a, a bunch of 24 year old nobodies living who, in kids. the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. Kids, kids, right? And we're yeah. all kids. And we all had done a little work. Mm-hmm. You know, we had done a little something each. You know, together we looked official. Yeah. You know, we got together with like, your oh, friends, look. made a portfolio. Oh, you were, oh, wow. People would come to me like, wow, you worked for this person and this person and this person. We're like, yes, yes we, we did. We did. <laughs> All of us you collectively. So it, was, it was more, yeah, it was, it was a way, like, I think we were trying to be, le- be less alone, play to each person's strengths and yes. hide the weaknesses and, and then have some infrastructure to have someone. You should be able to support something like someone who could do project management, sales, contract stuff. And here comes Rian with the oh, pricing. Yeah, because each of us individually could never support a full-time a partner yeah. who was focused on that kind of stuff, right? But as a group, as a collective, we it was very valuable. So yeah. I was the first like biz business side. Like non-developer. That mm-hmm. they hired. Yeah. Okay. And you guys had experience entering Y Combinator, right? And then the lessons that you had was, I mean... This is the first time that I'm hearing from someone who has firsthand experience with Y Combinator, whether it's online, offline, in person or not, right? But what was the best lesson that you got from there that you think you're still also applying with the pies? I think it's that product market fit stuff. That was cool. Yeah, right. All the videos are online, yeah. by the way. They're all, you, you all, can on, all YouTube. They're all on YouTube for free. Okay. And you can watch them all for free. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. But and the best lesson that you... And you can also email them. Oh, really? If there's someone who you like... Yes. If there's someone who you like admire, you like their talk, just email them. People, okay. will, and people feel that way about us sometimes. They're like, oh my gosh, she replied. I was like, You're, there's a person on the other end of that email. So always just, I think that's for, for sure my advice. Yeah. But the stuff about the... Product market fit, I think, was really helpful. It's just like, I think the thing that's nice about it is they described it as a feeling. Okay. You know, more when than you a, meet it. When it's you find people it. from the tech world saying that they well, describe this, this idea it like project market fit, right? Okay. So it's like because you can make something that has users, that's maybe even making some money, mm-hmm. but it can it can feel like a little a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. It's not the thing that they're talking about, right? Okay. This is like it's like their their goal is not regular businesses. Yes. Their goal is not to have a profitable, successful. You know, that's not yes. the startup thing for better or for worse, right? But that's not their thing. And so their thing is sink all your money, lose lose all your money for a long time until you hit something that's never been thought of before. You find a market that nobody believed existed, right? And change the world. Change the world. All that kind of stuff. And so that idea of like, there's this feeling that's like this undeniable 
traction yeah. that you can't keep up. People are just clamoring for what you're doing that isn't like, oh, good, we made money again this month. Right. Oh, this it is feels oh, completely different. It's like, oh, good. This was profitable again. Maybe we should keep doing it. It's not that. It's like, you're going crazy. You can't keep up. You have no idea what you're doing. You're we were throwing random up. stuff. Yeah. So basically, we we <laughs> think we found it. Like, right. having watched that video, we heard what they were talking about. We were listening to it. We're like, okay, I guess we have to look for this thing. Yeah. We have to look for this thing. And when we find it, we'll know. And we're like, how will we know when we find it? We were asking those, ourselves yeah, but, those questions. Yeah. When we found it, we question. knew. We were sleeping less than four hours a night. <laughs> yeah. I could not. My DMs were yeah. were just like blowing up. I could not keep up. I could not make enough pies. Right. I could not, you know, meet the demand. There was so much. The demand so vastly outstripped our capacity. And then we knew. And it turned out basically it turned out that there was a market that no one believed that we didn't. And we didn't mm. even know because right because like Graham was saying, like we didn't start expecting to be this. It's you big, know, to, yeah. to be this big, you know, to yeah. make this many pies, all that kind of thing. So, and then we yeah, worked we didn't know. so hard. Yeah. I mean, you're saying, oh, you, you guys, when you started, you like didn't need, you didn't need to yeah. do it, and we didn't. When we found that fit, we found our people, mm -hmm. basically. Your we tribe, found, yeah, your people, yeah. We found our pie people. Your pie people, <laughs> right? Branding. Hey, I'm good at marketing. <laughs> See, <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. We found the people who who wanted it and wanted it so desperately that they would wait on the wait list every single week. It was undeniable. And I could not just not do it. You know, like I it felt the drive inside was like, I have to give them this experience. Mm -hmm. I have to make this thing for them. And we have to make as many as possible, not for the, just for the money, but for all of the people who are in my form. I could see them, you know. Wanting to have that experience. And right? I wanted to give it so much, you know. So we worked really, really, really hard on increasing our capacity. Yeah. Next question is this. You have a lot of celebrities who order. A lot of them. No, no. Correction. You have a lot of celebrities who order. All of them went through the wait list. Didn't you ever like get tempted to give in and just say, okay, for a special favor, maybe this person who's like a big celebrity would shout out our name, post that through their stories. Okay, let's just skip them through the wait list and give them, give them a free pie. You know, it was at that time. Yeah, the answer is no. But part of the reason was, well, there's two, two reasons. Okay. One, we didn't know a lot. <laughs> we were ignorant. The naivety. Yeah, yeah we and were And there's naive. so many people we on the naive. list. Like, you can't, I can't even, you can't even, I couldn't even so read them there, all. There, that, was, that was part of it. But I think the, the other part of it was, honestly, we we weren't looking to increase at that point. Yes. We had, we had, we, we just we, wanted to make We price. had more customers than we could fulfill like okay. we couldn't we couldn't make enough for anybody so we didn't we didn't want or need the promotion and actually there was a time when ran was saying oh my gosh if this person posts everyone's gonna, everyone's gonna start it. messaging yes. me it's gonna be more work for me and i can't make more pies so what's the point it's like sayang you know yeah like the the publicity, right? yeah. They can't make this more pies the, anyway. This so is the same reason why you asked if have we done a lot of interviews, and I said no because we turned down everything. I can okay. count the number of interviews that we've done. It was the interviews that I've done are people who came to my house because mm -hmm. I don't have time to go anywhere. Yeah. Anyone who asked me to go to a studio, I said no. Okay. It was also the pandemic, but I also don't have time for that. That's time that I could be making pies and staying with the kids and yeah. being with the kids. Yes. I don't have time to drive to Makati because you know because it was, it was the other way. Like the same thing applies to us. People would say, oh, come do this show. They'd invite Rayanne. Come do this show. You'll get great publicity. Yes. I was like, no, don't like, talk about me. Yeah. <laughs> don't. It, no, not only that, she'd be like, okay, 
but and then what I do, I have to take a day off of making pies. I have to make a bunch of pies on camera. Mm-mm. That's all. That's all pie I can't sell. Yeah. That's all. That's all people that won't get a pie that day. Yes. And they don't pay right. you in like a fee for that. There's yes. no like appearance fee for that. It's considered free promotion. But if you don't need free promotion, I don't need. I should not be spending my time. She, and we, we were thinking, oh, she's better off staying home making pie for the people who we want get, it. And there's people that want it. You yeah. Know? And then I think and then the other like the, the, I heard you. Sorry, I was mm-hmm. dropping over there <laughs> mm-hmm. talking about the selling, ma- making sure you price your pr- yes. your stuff r- immediately and not give free. I think that that was another white commoner thing that was really important. And I think. The other part about it is that it's how, and this is also a question about the celebrities, by the way, or answer about the celebrities. Like, like basically putting your actual product for the actual price out right away and finding out whether people want it is also how you find your perfect customer. Okay. Right? Because like you said, everybody wants, everybody loves free barbecue. Yeah, because for just for context, for everyone that's listening, the way that we normally would start a business is give away samples, give away right. free stuff, right? Yeah. Give it to the most number of celebrities exactly. with the most number of followers and you will see the demand coming in. But the difference is that a free pie is different from a 2500 <laughs> 5000 whatever price yeah. of pie. Yeah. From a priced pie to a free pie, yeah. totally different. Yeah. It's a bigger jump than from a stick of barbecue to a pie, yes. right? Yeah. A free pie to a, a price pie is a bigger jump than a free barbecue to a free pie. Yes. Because right? okay. everybody loves free stuff. And so I think the same thing was true with the celebrities. It's true with all the customers. It's like by being really true to, to who we were, mm-hmm. treating everybody the same, just putting it out there and, and finding out who was on the same page as us, basically, mm-hmm. we really found our people. Some of the celebrities were very angry. <laughs> Honestly, to put it nicely, <laughs> they were they were upset that their PA couldn't do this, get a pie last, you know. And then there's others that were like, no problem. They filled it up. They every filled it up themselves. Week themselves. And, and, and they didn't have someone else yeah. filling it up for them. They took the time. Every person who fills up my Google form, it's a short form. It's your name. It's your Instagram yeah. address. It's the pie you want. But every person who takes the time to fill up my form took the time to click the link and fill up that yeah, form, that, like. And at, at the time, it was like you kind of had to do it at the time, at the right yeah, time, Saturdays on the right day. Only. And was, you know, it, they put in effort. We really appreciate that. And through that, I think we found the customers of all of every from everywhere mm-hmm. that like really appreciate what we do, and we yeah. really appreciate them. You know, it's yeah. Like, okay. And I think there's something about like finding if you just like feel like yeah, like if you just if you really put yourself out there, and it's it's a vulnerable thing yeah. to do, right? It's like True. this is this is what we make. This is how much it costs. And you just this put is it how out there. you can order. This is how you can order. Mm-hmm. You really find the customers that like are really your your customers for life. You know, like yeah, like maybe. us. Yeah, and <laughs> exactly. the ones who've been ordering have been go- have been there here with me for the beginning. And start spreading the word about it, sharing yeah. the pies. And it's much more valuable. I think yeah. for me, it's much more valuable to have someone who's come to my home, who's met me, who got a pie, who ate it, it was the best pie they've ever had. For them to turn to their friend and say, "This was the best pie I've ever." Had. Okay. Yeah. Then for some Instagram influencer Absolutely. to post a picture of the thing and then the Instagram yeah. handle. Smiley face. So okay. much more because that, that yeah. person's sister and their in-laws and their parents and the cousins all became instant customers of mine. Yeah. yeah. We actually had that at the beginning. You, you were talking, uh, I think before we started, Maria was telling me about the like the beginning we were just doing referrals. Yes. Kind of like friends only kind yes. of stuff. And then at some point when we finally opened it up, I feel like for three months, 
fifty percent of our customers were friends with this one person. <laughs> yeah. Was not a celebrity. <laughs> no, she's no thousand she's followers. A just you know, just like friend of someone's friend's sister that whatever. And and we're just like, who is this person? And they, they were, were just they were already dropping. one. Yeah, no, they were already they one. Were just, yeah, one step away. Step away like, we, hadn't, we, we didn't even met them. I don't think we'd even met them in person. And everyone was like. I'm a friend of. Yeah. I'm a friend of. And I was like, oh, wow. I think that was the lesson. That was like the big lesson of the the influencer stuff. Yeah. It's like, we were like, this person, you know, very nice, but kind of random person (laughs) in our life, you know, was was so much more valuable to us as our business than any celebrity could have been at that time. Because everybody believe she everybody who she talked to really believed her they had a personal connection yeah and they that that i think that was it was an amazing boost at the beginning of our okay. journey for the doubters again <laughs> okay for the doubters doesn't it get tiring yeah. because yeah. the service so that you're providing <laughs> the effort that you're putting in just having the conversation having to reply it's so easy at this stage to right now just hand it off to someone else Okay, just take the order. I don't have to face you because I already am making the money. I know I've already found product market fit. I can take myself off because it's just too tiring. I will never do that. Why? I won't. It's why I do what I do. The (laughs) whole reason I do it is for people. If you take the people out, it's not fun anymore. I'll never do it. I'll be so lonely. <laughs> it, it is annoying. I have to respond to every single person. I have to send them the confirmation to every single person. Sometimes it's just a confirmation and then a, a payment. And then I hear, here's your pickup date and here's the time. And that's it. Okay. Those things can totally be outsourced. Sometimes yes. it's like, it's like my, my sister is really sick. She just wanted to let you know she's going through chemo right now. And it was the only thing she could eat. Oh. Sometimes it makes you, I've cried so many times. I can't. Take it away. Sometimes it's people who've come to my house and I met them in person. They're no longer with us. It was COVID. A lot of people yeah. passed away. They ordered for their dad for his birthday and he passed away before he, they picked up the pie. And they're ordering for his anniversary in heaven. Yeah. Ah. You, I, I can't take it yeah. away. I'll <laughs> never take it away. Tired. Yes, it's yes. you would get tired. But the only thing that remember makes remember all it. those things, that drives you again. That gives you the energy. And I think it's, all, it's also why we would scale down before outsource okay like if we get to we've talked about this like if we're when we're tired when we're really exhausted it's like 1 30 in the morning last night last night <laughs> we're getting up at six to bring the kids to school you know like we we would rather like cut down on yeah make fewer pies than than outsource i think and that's when i we yeah. pull the form we cut the days yeah mm. and in terms of like and then, I mean, that's that's the real answer, right? It's about the people. Yeah. In terms of some of this, like, businessy stuff, too, I think the other part of that is that I actually think that in a lot of ways, the pie itself isn't the product. It's this whole thing. It's this Rayanne and the stories and us and, like, how we make it and what we do. You know, I think people, of course, we always want to make the best pie that anyone's yes. ever put in their mouth. That's our goal always. But it just, it tastes different. <laughs> it tastes different. It does. Without the... The yeah, story, the whole you know, thing. and the, the whole thing is really the product, you know. And it's if like somebody else was doing it. If somebody yeah. else was making the dough, it would definitely taste different. Mm-hmm. If someone else was responding to your messages, it would taste different too. Yeah. In the same way that if it was somebody else who was, you know, yeah, coming up with the recipes, it would also taste different. You know what I mean? All those things are what make our product 
our product. It's what makes our pie our pie. And so it's also why a lot of this, you know, the the fact that you would write so much about each flavor, especially at the beginning, you know, it's like every pie had a story, every every story. And it was, you know, it's like, it was like, we always talked about those stories. It's like, we knew, okay, the 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 metric for if a pie is good is if you always want, if you want another slice right away. Okay. The metric of if the story was good is if you like had a little tear. Yeah. You, know, you start tearing up. I'd yeah. be like, I, she would show it to me and I'd be like, I would either like tear up or like not. And if I didn't tear up, she'd rewrite it. You know? and so, like, <laughs> I was like, I didn't say that. It had to I was... like hit yeah. like an emotional note. And then, you know, and it's, it's what made it fun for us. And I think it's what people connected to. And yeah. I'm so excited for where Hey Pie people is going. <laughs> yeah. The people would not be taken away. I think that's really the story, the strength of Hey Pie, not just the pricing, not just how outrageous. The sizes are of this pies, right? <laughs> you won't even see a pie this big, right? Uh, the experience. But I'm so excited for you guys. I think we've picked up a lot of lessons. One of the best lessons that I learned here is that you price your worth. You understand what you really want to do. Regardless, I think that what's missing was me saying this, regardless of what status you have in life, the financial status that you have in life. Otherwise, you'd be trapped in that thing wherein you have to price it at this price because you have to make this amount of money. If you could separate those two things, you could probably make a good living out of your passion without sacrificing your time, without sacrificing your money. Ian, Colin, last words for a struggling freelancer, but who already knows that they've got the talent. What's one specific hack that you can share with them with regards to increasing their pricing? Interesting. I mean, I was thinking of this a story sort of at the end of our agency days mm. where we were honestly tired of negotiating contracts. Okay. You know, it was like, it was exhausting. Or like, at, at that point... We were I, tired of specking. Spe yeah. It took so oh, long like, to long? estimate. It would take so long Weeks. to estimate. It's like Weeks. the same amount of time as just yeah. building the thing right, at a certain like, point. You're meeting with them. You're getting things back. You're fine. They won't tell you their budget. Yeah. So you've got to... Cry, you've got a bid, you've Grope got to talk around to people. To find out. Oh, it was exhausting. In this time, I could have built your website. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so at some point, I, I, you know, I this we had this idea of like this, so the kind of a motto, <laughs> which is like, okay, fine, just give us your budget, just like whatever you whatever your budget is, just give it to us, and we're we're just gonna work until you're happy. Okay. Like, which is so it, scary. Super, super, because you know we're like because we're like oh. You know, and a lot of it came out of doing, you know, in the, the middle part, the, the beginning part was like hourly, hourly. Yes. This is how I'm going to work on this for 2.5 hours. And then this for 2.5. Like, he hated the estimate. And so we, we, you know, and we got out of that by sort of doing agile stuff. Yes. Right. So it's like, we'll work for a week and these are your, and then, you know, da, 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 these are your priorities. And then, but even that got tiring, you know, because customers don't understand. Yeah. They're like, well, but I thought we were going to get this. And we're like, well, that's not in the country. Anyway. So then this is the third, this is the final iteration. Final iteration. It's just like, we knew we were good at our jobs. Mm -hmm. We had done this. We've been doing it for 10 years at that point or something. We knew how to make these customers happy. Yes. We had a lot of experience negotiating, working through problems. So we knew we could do it. It's like, okay, let's not talk. Let's sit down. This is going to be a five minute negotiation. <laughs> just tell us how much you have. <laughs> give it to us. And give it all to us. And we will just, care and, you're, and I promise you and your board and your customers, everyone's going to be happy. Like I can, I can promise that. Okay. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Caveat. Okay. The only reason that you're able to do that is trust. 
Oh, this is so just going back. This is a client that we had been working with for a very, very, very long time. Oh, okay. so here, hack what I would do, just like the pies, just like the pies, as with freelance, I would start with the people. You start with the people, you build that trust, then you can do Mm-mm. whatever yeah, yeah. you want. You can yes. figure it out because people can figure things out. Yes. There's not a there's not a magic process or a magic hack to innovate or an to, AI or chat something GPT. for how to estimate yeah. and then how to price. How much should this? <laughs> yeah, how much cost? Does, there's no averages either. There's no yeah. like you look at okay other websites or other apps and then this is how much they cost. So mine should cost this way. Once you have that trust built, okay, just like the pies, just yeah. like the pies, build the trust. Actually, you do make a good point. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, back to the pies again. Like I've seen, I feel like some of our best customers, high <laughs> customers, have come out of mistakes, problems, problems. like that late one, mm. like that late one, and you blow their mind, and they come back. Yeah, we messed up something. Something that didn't the happen. Wrong send, send the wrong flavor. You it's know, things happen. Date. Right? Things happen. All kinds of things happen. And then, but it, it's like basically the way that that you respond to that. Like, oh yeah, right. It's like you could good be like, point. no. I uh that was that's your not the fault. one you paid for. Uh, or we're just um, sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I don't want to things in something. Again. Yeah. again, like I feel like we take the same approach with those people with the people as you do with the pies. You try to blow their mind mm-hmm. with their customer service. Yes. You know, and, and you, regardless of situation, you make yeah. the best out of it because it's an opportunity for you yes. to yes. over deliver again. Right. Taking yeah. it over exactly. the top. Exactly. Yeah. And now we've have this trust, and now we have right. a trust built, and they and we're friends. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking right now. Even if you make a pie that's worth like twenty thousand pesos, people are still gonna pay <laughs> because you built the trust. Now the the only question is, what kind of pie is that's this? What I, was thinking, right? I was like, wow, what could I do with twenty thousand pesos? I'll make the best pie you can imagine. It could it's be, like, be let's the... call it a fiesta pie, right? A big pie, whatever. You know it what is. it is? It's a ratatouille moment. Ratatouille. Yeah. Yeah. I would pay 20,000 pesos for that ratatouille moment. I've cried. I've had experiences where I've legit shed tears for eating for a food from food. Yeah. It exists. And I would, there's no price for that. Thank you so much for this time. Thank you. For people who are, I mean, it's crazy for you not to be curious about the spice. <laughs> the link is in the description. Oh, thanks. Get ready to be on the wait list in <laughs> case. <laughs> But their pies are the best. Super worth it. If you can, don't have it picked up by Grab. Pick it up yourselves. <laughs> Grab the opportunity. I'm not saying that they'll meet you in person. But if there's that chance, you will meet them. The story behind Hey Pie People is one of the best. Maraming salamat. Bye, bashers. Bye, bashers. <laughs> <laughs> o oh, diba, may sponsor na kami. Libre ka namin ng yummy chapche mo kapag umorder ka sa Taste of Joy. Taste of Joy. Masarap ang pansit dito. Masarap pagkain nila. Basta ang worth ng order mo ay 1,000 pesos and up. Net, ito ha, hindi kasama yung mga dinidiscount mong senior citizen na patikapitbahay nyo na senior citizen. Sila sama mo ha. Net, 1,000 pesos and up. Meron kang libreng chapche. Sagot na namin ang chapche mo. All you have to do is go to the Instagram account nila, tasteofjoy.ph para order Doon ka lang o-order and basta umabot ng 1,000 pesos ang order mo. Net, ha? Net. Lilibre ka namin ng yummy-yummy chapche. Mapapa. Mm, Arasa. Ah, sasarap. Let's go! Let's go! go, go, go. 
Yon! Congratulations! You have survived another episode of the Million Dollar Filipino Freelancer Podcast. If you want more Sabunutan ng Feeling Session, go download all the other episodes. If talagang hungry ka for more of our content, go to our Facebook group. It's linked in the description below. You can also tag us on Facebook and Instagram kung meron kang topics you would like us to discuss. If gusto mo kami shoutout, okay din kami. Adios! Adios!